When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Drags and it's Wednesday, January 30th, time for episode 282 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com and follow us on Twitter all Super Bowl week long at Patriots CLNS. For the third straight year, fourth year in the last five, and an unthinkable ninth time in his last 18 years of actually playing and starting for the Patriots, Tom Brady is the starting quarterback for the Patriots in a Super Bowl. Here to discuss it all is NFL Network's Mike Giardi, who has done a fabulous job covering the Patriots and their remarkable quarterback like a rug all season long. Certainly, I would say he has made a seamless transition from NBC Sports Boston to the great folks at NFL Network. How the hell are you, Mike? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well. How's the ATL? Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're bracing for potential snow today, so we'll see what that's all about, but, uh, so far, so good. Yeah, people will be panicking, you know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I was talking to one of the guys at the hotel, he said the last time they had a, uh, they had a storm, he said, they, they said, send everybody out at one o'clock, everybody go home, and then of oh. course, you send four million people out of the city at one o'clock, you end up with a gridlock, uh, across the, the, the area, so he said, hopefully people learn from that. Uh, I would hope so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Super Bowl week is back in Atlanta. I, if I remember correctly, they had some type of ice storm 25 years ago when they had when the Bills and Cowboys were there. By the way, the last time a Super Bowl loser made it back to the Super Bowl and lost, um, as I believe uh, was it Patrick Chung who was asked that this week and uh, down at Patriots. Um Oh, Devin. It was Devin. Uh, Devin McCourty. That's right. Yeah. And so that was the last time I remember, um, Atlanta, uh, having some type of, uh, weather related issue. And literally for like two days, everybody panicked down there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, I'm, they're not equipped for it at all. You know, they, I guess they, they said the, uh, the mayor said that they, that they disgusted and they're prepared for it, but we'll, we'll see what their idea of preparing for potential, you know, uh, snowstorm is, uh, it's like what we do up north. Okay, you're not down there covering Super Bowl for the Weather Channel. You're down there covering it for the NFL <laughs> Network. And I want to know your best interview from Super Bowl opening night, Monday night, was? Devin McCourty. And why was that? Uh, gee, oh, look, he's, you've been around him yep. for, you know, whatever. How long has he been here since uh, he came in with Gronk? I mean, he's he's just, uh, he's honest. He's well-spoken. Um He's funny. He's always he's always he's always giving me a hard time because I'm I'm either half half suited up as he says, you know, I've got the, the the suit from the top and I'm wearing jeans in the bottom, or like yesterday I had the full suit going tie and I was wearing sneakers. And he's like, you know, I said, look, man, if you wa- I know that if you wanted my job, you could have it because I'm sure they'd give it to you. Uh, can you at least let me make it through the first year before you, you aim for my for my work? So. Uh, no, he was, he was good just talking about the sort of the, the lack of respect that the defense gets. Um, you know, obviously talking about Tom Brady and, and the, the comments from Nikel Roby Coleman, 
over the last couple of days and if that was going to fire up Brady, which of course he said, you know, Tom. Um, so, so the answer is yes. Uh, yeah. It's already made its way back to Tom. So, yeah, well, even yesterday, Tom was asked about it at the podium and he gave you that pause. And you know, you've been around him long enough. When he gives you that pause, it's like, that's my, that's my indication that I'd like to tell you that guy's a chump and I'm going to, I'm going to target him, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to take the high road and, you know, We'll talk about that after the game. So let, let's paint a picture here because I know exactly the look that Tom Brady gave. It was the following. It was, he's nodding at you, he's smiling, and he's nodding, yep. and he's smiling. He's not saying anything, meaning nope. he's he's letting his look, uh, letting you read between all of the lines on his face, which uh, there are a few more now that he's 41. Um, <laughs> yes. But um, he's letting you read between all of the lines, and then at the end he gives you that, you know, uh, we'll be ready. Um, you know, they're a great team. He's a terrific yeah. cornerback who knows us very well from his days with the Bills, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure Tom was all fired up. And, uh, you know, I think Tom Curran, your former colleague, put it best, the little blue pill that the Patriots need, yeah. Nikel yeah. Ro- Roby Coleman gave it to him. The um, Tyler Dunn, who, by the way, a Bleacher Report, I think he's done a fabulous job the last couple of weeks um, kind of getting inside the Patriots locker room um, and also uh, kind of finding that uh, that hidden story. Of, of course, um, the, let's move on to Nikel Ro- Roby Coleman because um, certainly he was a, a big focal point there on Monday night. And this is a is a cornerback for the uh, Los Angeles Rams who was undrafted out of USC. Um, obviously uh, played for the Bills uh, for several years, um, and he knows Tom Brady and he and he knows the Patriots. He hates the Patriots, but his backstory is is pretty amazing given the fact that you know he lost his mother and an infant son at at a very young age. Yeah, yeah, and and look, you, you talked to the players with the Rams and. They love him and they love that the, the, you know, the energy and the swagger that he brings. And, you know, uh, he's got a huge task ahead of him because he's the slot corner. So he's probably going to see a lot of Julian Edelman. Edelman's playing his best football of the year, but no question. Um, I, I think it, it was interesting to me in that, you know, I actually saw Tyler at the availability and he's like, well, you know, he, he immediately, Roby Coleman retweeted the story. Then he tweeted at Skip Bayless because, of course, Skip Bayless is like, you don't ever talk about Brady like that, you know. That's and then <laughs> whatever it was. Three, then three hours later, all of a sudden, he's backtracking and saying it's been misconstrued. So, um, you know, uh, that's that's typical. Somebody from the Rams probably got to him and was like, you got to dial this down and figure out a way to to, to not make it such a big deal. Um, they actually pulled him off the floor last night at one point. Because he didn't have a podium, and they pulled him off the floor and pulled him uh, behind the barricade, which huh. is probably against league rules, but they did it anyway. Um, so, yeah, he's uh, he's made himself into a, a target for sure this week. Uh, do you think uh, Tom Brady's going to target him in the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, look if if he's if they're playing man and he's he's in the slot and he's on Julian, well, we know the ball's going to Julian. Ten times at least, so yeah, he's gonna he's gonna get his uh, his work cut out for you for him. You know, most of the Patriot players were like, "Hey, look, the what he said doesn't you know look it's obviously indicating that Brady heard it, knows it, and you know it it went in his ear hole." Um, but most of those guys, 
words really don't matter. You know, it's not going to change how we prepare or, or whatnot. I just think, as you know, having been in situations like this before where someone said something, that maybe you don't really have that war of words prior to the game when you're the Patriots, but even during the course of the game, you know, Edelman will remind him that you told me my quarterback is, you know, old and, and there are signs to chip away. And then after, if they, if they're, they're successful and they win the game, that guy will probably even hear more about, you know, <laughs> what he said and what he did. Uh, what about the fact he's completely, Nikel Roby Coleman is completely unapologetic for the play, um, against the uh, Saints in the NFC Championship? Yeah, it's kind of interesting that he just, you know, hey, look, um, I think it was Wade Phillips afterwards was like, you know, what's Roby think now? And he's like, he thinks he's going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and and that's, that, that's all that he's worried about. I mean, look, he got away with one. And he said it after the game, you know, when he was asked. I think it was, uh, oh, I don't even know who got him. And he was just like, yep, I did it. I interfered with him. And same thing, you know, then 24, 36 hours later, well, the pass was tipped and blah, blah, blah. No, I mean, he, he knew what he did in the moment. And look, I don't, I don't blame him. He was thinking he's giving up a touchdown. You know, I'd rather take the interference too and then, you know. Take your chances your from the covers. one or whatever, right. Yeah, exactly. Your team, your team can somehow come up with a stop and, um, well, the ref, they butchered the call, and you didn't even have to worry about that part of it. How many of these have you covered, Mike? This all, is uh, eight. All no, Brady? I the, well, well, yeah, I missed the first one. I covered that team all year, but I was the uh, I was number three on the uh, NECN depth chart. So um, the, the the powers that beat kept me at home, and the other two guys went, and I uh, I did the post game show from studio. Uh, so, yeah, I still had a hand in it, but I was not at the actual game. So eight. Yeah. Yeah, this is a perfect yeah. ten for me. That's crazy, right? Yeah, I just, I mean, it, I can't believe how many times I've been there and, you know, eight times covering the Patriots and I was there, have been there for, uh, actually seven times covering the Patriots and three non-Patriots Super Bowls dating back, I think, to, Super Bowl 30 back in Tempe, Arizona. So, yeah, it's just amazing. And, you know, I, I want to ask you if you've noticed any changes whatsoever with the Patriots and how they handle everything this time around. I think that they're even more, um, they're more at ease, you know. And then look, and last year we know that there was stuff going on that I know some Patriot fans didn't want to buy, but the, you know, the relationships that Brady had with Belichick and, and Gronk had with Belichick. And I always felt like there, even last year there was a little bit of air. And that dissension is not the right word, but just that they didn't, they weren't necessarily having, some guys weren't necessarily having the best time. And it wasn't the sort of experience that, you know, we had dealt with prior to. And I think this group is, um, they're, they're, they're very together. Yep. They seem to be having a blast. And I, I just felt like over the last, uh, well, really prior to the Chargers game that y- you can feel their confidence. And now that confidence continues to grow as you win and, and prepare. I thought, you know, going into KC that Brady was, you know, never mind the, the thing I reported about him saying he's the ma- baddest mother. Bleep yeah, mother. I love that. <laughs> but I thought just during the week, I thought you could just, you could tell that he loved where they were at. And, and I think that's, I, the same feeling last week being around the team. It's that they're very confident. They're confident in their preparation. 
the confidence that the confidence that they found their identity and obviously here they are. Um, so you can't argue with it. I just think that they really, there, there's a full buy-in. To me, is what I'm getting from them that there is a full buy-in, and that they're they're not just happy to be here. Uh, they know how to deal with this, and they're they're ready to go, you know, win and make up for last year. Speaking with the NFL Network's Mike Giardi from Super Bowl 53 in Atlanta. It's that time of year, right after the Super Bowl, after I unpack all the souvenirs from my trip, I realize that another important date is coming up. And every year I struggle to come up with a unique, great Valentine's Day gift. I want a gift that is a reminder of special memories, both near and far. And I know all of you, like me, want a gift that lasts more than just a few days and shows just how much you care. Well, I've come across the perfect answer. At least I think it's the perfect answer. And I think you'd think so, too, if you take a look at Homesick Candles. Why are Homesick Candles a great Valentine's Day gift? They are thoughtful and personal. They're not just picked off a shelf. A homesick candle shows that you thought about the individual. There's an emotional connection as well. Highlight special memories with a candle commemorating your first kiss or a special road trip. And then there's the beautiful packaging. Homesick candles come in beautiful gift boxes that look amazing with just a bow or a note or nothing at all. Each candle is made from natural soy, wax blend, premium cotton wicks, and is completely non-toxic. Celebrate the electric and unforgettable moment of your first kiss and share your first kiss story. Go to homesick.com and check out the first kiss finder. Homesick Candles is giving my listeners an amazing offer. Go to homesick.com and for every classic size or three wick candle you purchase, you'll get a free mini candle. Pick your favorite memories and candle, add them to your cart, and for each classic or three wick, you can add your choice of any mini candle for free. All you have to do is enter my code at checkout. That's homesick.com with the promo code BEAT, B-E-A-T, for this awesome deal. Don't forget to add a mini candle for each classic or three wick. This great offer is available only until February 15th, so order now. That's homesick.com with the promo code B-E-A-T. The big in big wireless provider stands for a lot of things. Big contracts, big bills, and big fees. What Big Wireless doesn't want you to know is there's a way to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month. Introducing Mint Mobile, the game-changing company that's taken everything wrong with Big Wireless and made it right. Mint Mobile makes it so easy to cut your bill down to just 15 bucks a month. You can even keep your old number along with all your existing contacts with any Mint Mobile plan. There's no more paying for unlimited data that you'll never use. And if you're not 100% satisfied... Mint Mobile has you covered with their 7-day money-back guarantee. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, plus free shipping on your Mint Mobile SIM card, go to mintmobile.com slash podcast. That's mintmobile.com slash podcast. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month and get free shipping on your Mint Mobile SIM card at mintmobile.com slash podcast. Back with Mike Giardi of NFL Network at Super Bowl 53 in Atlanta. Are you going to be uh, shopping for Valentine's Day right away after you get back from ATL, or are you going to decompress a little bit? Uh, no, now I know what i got to do. I mean, you <laughs> well, just gave me that pitch. That pitch was perfect. Done and done. Yeah, well, what's I... Your address, what's your address again? Uh, they're 
you can go to <laughs> homesick.com with the promo code BEAT, Mike, and um, I'm sure they will be happy to help you out. Let's, let's go back to Tom Brady for a moment. This is not going to be Tom Brady's last name. I th- the game, I think uh, you, me, and anybody close to uh, Tom Brady and, and covering the Patriots for that matter, has, he's made it pretty clear for a long time that he wasn't going to go out this year simply because um, he had made a commitment to uh, his second father, Robert Kraft, that he wasn't going to leave the Patriots in the lurch and he was going to play to the end of his contract in 2019. Uh, he has every intention of fulfilling that. I don't think there's any reason not to believe him. Uh, but we mentioned the, the curious case of Rob Gronkowski. We alluded to Gronk. Is this it? Why or why not, do you think, Mike? Yeah, I mean, look, I know he sort of, again, said he'll make a decision in a couple of weeks after it's over. Um, but I just think all signs have pointed in that direction. You know, if you... Mike Florio's information, Florio was the one who broke it right before last year's Super Bowl, that if they win, Gronk is seriously considering retirement. Um, when you already have that in your brain, and then if you're Gronk and you've gone through the kind of year you've gone through where you haven't been the same the same player and, you know, you, you missed a period of time in the middle of the season, and uh, I mean, you just you watch him, and I, I know he's coming off, you know, probably his best game Best complete game, let's yes. say, since, since the opener. I know he had a bunch of catches against Miami, but Miami chose not to cover him, so that was an entirely different scenario in and of itself. Um, I just think it's just been too much of a, of a struggle for him this year. And, uh, you know, I, I just don't – another year, you got to commit yourself to training. I think it was clear that, you know, he, he lost some of that – some of that burst in his legs, uh, you know, the, the term builder of speed has been used with him this year. And I think it's fair. And I think it even, even now in the last couple of games where he's, he's shown, um, flashes of the old Gronk that it's still not the same, you know, there's still parts of it where it's hard for him to separate, especially, uh, quickly. And I, I just don't, I think there's other things out there for him. I think his family's been in his ear chirping about this for some time now too. And I just think it's just too much there in my opinion, to think that he's going to he's gonna come back and, and give it a, one more whirl with the Patriots. I think what's important, though, Mike, is he can still compete even if somebody's draped on him. And that catch down the left sideline um, towards the end of regulation, actually, I think it was the play right after um, the D Ford uh, lining up in the neutral zone. Brady threw to him down the left sideline. It was third and five. And he made that catch with somebody draped right on him. And to me, that's what he can do against the Rams in this game. And, you know, to a degree, he did that against the Seahawks a little bit in Super Bowl 49. That is the kind of thing that I think, and he did it against the Eagles, obviously, uh, last year in the Super Bowl. Uh, but those are the kind of things where I think he can still be uh, of incredible value to Brady in the red zone. Well, I, without question, I think what what the Chiefs game did for the Patriots is put once again put Gronk at the forefront of the Rams minds as they begin preparation for this thing yep. and I think now you know if they had gone back a month ago they might say you know what we don't need to double him now they're going to look at it and say yeah we're going to have to work coverage in his direction we might have to double him on a few plays you know we, we're going to have to try to lock down on him in the red zone so I think those are all things that are a huge benefit to the Patriots because obviously if you're going to shift one more body in his direction, 
that in theory opens up somebody else. So, um, yeah, I, I think he is, he will play an important role on Sunday, whether he's catching six or seven passes and targeted 10 times, or if it's, Blocking. you know, just the, the idea. Yeah. And just the idea of him, maybe he only gets two or three targets, but you know, we know what he's done in the, in the run game with the blocking and just the, then the ability to sort of take coverage and be a bit of a decoy, uh, is beneficial. I thought he was pretty spectacular in the Chargers game run blocking. I mean, I just do, I just think he was a beast. Yeah, and you know, the, that's not the kind of thing that you notice right away. Maybe some people do, maybe you do, because, you know, you're Mike Giardi and you know everything, but, um, yeah. I, I say that to my colleague Evan Lazard too, so <laughs> I say it out of love. Um, but no, when you're watching a game live, I don't think you really pay attention to how well somebody's crash blocking or, um, you know, back blocking, you know, and sealing and all of that uh, as the game's going on. But when you go back and watch the tape of that Charger game and watch what he's able to do and how he's able to motion to, like, the strong side and then block somebody down like a linebacker, I think that in a game like this, that could be really important. Oh, definitely. And, I mean, look, the the – yeah, you're going to see him mixing it up at various times with, with like Nadamik and Chu on the inside. Like, yeah, they'll bring him back for a land block and, uh, he's capable of, of covering that guy up. So, uh, he, he is, it's funny. I think that, you know, around the league, people who know football obviously know what an impact he's made as a blocker even over the course of his career. But like, you know, in certain places, like, oh wow, I didn't realize, you know, now he's, He's turned himself into a really good blocker. No, the moment he walked <laughs> into Foxborough from from Arizona, he was he was that. You know, uh, he's always been an impact player as a blocker. Just he did so many other things spectacularly as a receiver that that's what people talked about. But he's always been uh, that good and that effective as a blocker. We're still here. We're still here. That's the chant Devin McCourty started. Tom picked up with it uh, on the rally Sunday. I was there inside Gillette Stadium among 25,000 of my closest friends. It's an inside joke between myself and Mike Giardi. Uh, but that is a chant that I think uh, certainly Brady uh, and other members of the Patriots have picked up on a theme this week. Instead of harping on the underdog role, which I think they know is getting worn out and it's getting worn out because I don't think everybody inside the locker room really feels they're an underdog. They've gone the different route, acknowledging that most of America is tired of them on this stage. You know, and, and Brady said one of the great joys of his life, uh, was beating the Chiefs on the road. A, he avenged what happened in 2014 when he, when Belichick had to answer questions from the man I'm speaking with right now about his future and mm-hmm. just, just being embarrassed. Um, but, what do you think of the we're still here? Do you think that's a way of saying, you know, if you're tired of us, beat us? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's the thing this year, you know, the talk about, and they seized on it that they were vulnerable and that, um, you know, people weren't picking them against the Chargers and they, people weren't picking them against the Chiefs. Um, their ability to sort of overcome that adversity, uh, you guys had your chances. We weren't the number one seed this year. We had to go into an AFC title game for the first time in a long time. Um, well, first time since 15, but go in with a, this collection of players and, and look at what we did. You know, we shut you out in the first half, which no one had done all year to KC. And then you weathered the storm and, um, of Mahomes in the second half. And, uh, you, I mean, everybody saw it. You watched the game, you saw it, but I, you know, being down on the field. And the reaction from Brady tossing his helmet, you know, 20 yards in the air, um, you know, David Andrews running in the end zone and waving bye to the fans. There was a whole bunch of, 
uh, unique reactions after the game. Uh, the, the, you know, the embraces Brady shared with Belichick and Josh McDaniels for, for some time, you know, there were just Brian Flores was walking around the, the field, just randomly yelling, you know, like, woo. And then he'd walk five more yards and he'd yell it again. Looking, he's like, you know, it was like a Valvano looking for somebody to hug. Well, if I'm not going to hug, I'm still going to raise my arms up and scream, you know? So, uh, <laughs> they were, <laughs> they really, they drank that in. They really yeah. enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, again, you, you guys don't, the, the, the general public, you don't want to see us. Well, you know, you've had opportunities to beat us and yet you haven't been able to do it. So here we are again to, to give you another helping of, of the Patriots. And Mike Giardi's pick for Super Bowl 53 is? I think the Patriots win, and dare I say fairly comfortably, 10 to 14 points. I say 31-21, um, Pats. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, I, ju- I just feel like they'll have something for golf, and, and you know, he's still he's still growing. And, I, and he, I thought he had some really good moments in that Saints game and the title game, but I'm not fully convinced that he is going to be fine in this in this spotlight. I think the way the Patriots have played offensively, you you know, running the football, tiring out the defensive line, then you can spread them out. I think they can get you in so many different ways that if something's not working, they can they can go to something else and uh to me the Rams best chance is if Curley is healthy and runs for 150 and and if that defensive line can just cause havoc. I mean, I I keep referring to it, because, and that was an all-time defense, the Denver defense in 2015. But Wade Phillips coached that team, and they had you know 24 hits on Brady. Uh, I, I don't know if 24 hits is is going to happen very often, especially not the way they play. The Patriots do, mm-hmm. but they they have to just be disruptive. They have to; those guys will have to be monsters in my mind. And I'm just I'm just not sure that that that's um, that they're capable of that. Not not for four quarters. Who's taking care of Joe? Uh, yeah, he's with the family. They're good. He's, he's, uh, you know, probably have to FaceTime him a little later on. He's probably a little depressed. He misses me. I love that uh, dog. I, I love dogs, period. (laughs) I think you know this, Mike, about me by now. Um, but Joe, the, uh, yellow lab, uh, that, um, is lucky enough to have you as the, the master, um, is a great looking dog. He, he is, uh, he's actually the master. I just kind of do what he, he, he needs me to do. (laughs) (laughs) He, he runs, he runs the house. So whenever I get like uptight or intense or I'm running around this week, which I'm no doubt going to be doing, I just think of dogs. I think of dogs. It it puts me in my happy place and you know, I can, I can open up on this Patriots beat podcast because it's my podcast. I can say whatever the hell I want. Um, but yeah, dogs are a big, big deal to me. So you've got a great one and take care of them. Yeah. He's, he's a good fella. Um, yeah, you either think of dogs. Tracks, or you think of an empty room. I do. Happiness is indeed an empty room, but because that's practically impossible at a, a Super Bowl event, I have to go with images of dogs running around in my uh, head, barking at people, barking at people I don't like. Which, again, I'll uh, see plenty of this week. <laughs> Uh, it's perfect, Mike. It's perfect. Uh, it is. Oh, by the way, I didn't ask you. Uh, were you there when Gronk said that Brady had a noodle arm? No, no. I was. I was working other parts of the room. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I love Gronk. I mean, that, that's the kind of crap that you get from Gronk all the time. And, you know, somebody was asking me uh, on Monday about um, what's Gronk really like. And I told him he only gets uh, – the Gronk you see at the podium 
is pretty much the genuine Gronk. The only time he ever gets really upset is when you ask him the same repetitive question, like whatever it was, late October, early November, and he walks off the stage and says, guys, I, right. I just can't do it anymore. Yeah, it's uh, absolutely. So, uh, he is uh, he has been a joy to cover um, yeah, he has. for the better part of his career. And, uh, yeah, he's, that's one of those ones where it's, when he goes, it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit sad, I think, you know, cause he's, he's, he's had that kind of impact and just, you know, you talk to the guys, the, the, the sort of personality and the, 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 the lightness that he can bring into the locker room is, it's a necessary element in a long season. It is. Well, I want to thank everyone for downloading today's podcast. Want to thank our great uh, guest and a terrific friend, Mike Giardi from the NFL Network. Uh, follow him. He's got a great dog, uh, but also follow his work on Twitter at Mike Giardi. That's M-I-K-E-G-I-A-R-D-I, all one word. Follow him on Twitter. Want to, of course, thank our great sponsor, Homesick Candles, for producer Mike Alonji, the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. This is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcasts or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.